Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Uh, today, another collaboration with Sports Card Therapist. Uh, I personally feel this was one of our better episodes. I really think you guys are going to like this one. Let me know what you think. Without further ado, here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another collab episode between Rob, Sports Card Therapist, and Ken from Sports Card Lessons. Ken, my friend, how are you doing? I am doing well, Rob. How are you doing this week? I'm doing well, man, doing well. Uh, I see that you're sticking with the Arrowhead Kansas City Chiefs background. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that, but I want to paint the picture for podcast. Hey, as long as my Chiefs are winning, now what a, what a great morning, Sunday morning, right? Got the Germany game. I get to get up. I watched the first half. I recorded my podcast, and then I went back and watched the second half of the game. It was just just a fantastic Sunday morning. We come out with the W. Yeah, so as long as we're winning, we're going to keep Arrowhead up here. Yeah, I tell you, man, uh, absolutely nothing like the NFL season as a fan, you know. So we have the NFL season. We have the baseball season that just wrapped up. We have basketball season that's underway. And it feels like for there being so much excitement happening in sports, you would think that that kind of thing would translate to the hobby. However, like we've both talked about on our shows in the past few weeks, in the past month or so, this really does feel like the slow time in the hobby. It's the holidays. It's just a lot going on right now. And I know you mentioned on your previous episode uh, that dropped earlier this week that you actually went to two separate shows, so I didn't get to go to any shows. I know I want the plan was I was hoping to go to at least one, maybe even two of these shows with you. I could not make it happen. So you have your finger on the pulse of what people are saying, how it feels, uh, what you're seeing at shows. So I guess just kind of talk to me a little bit about that. What What's some of the stuff that you've seen in the last week of going to some big shows? Yeah. So just a lot of conversations, you know, and you know, when you go to these shows, you're running into people and you're, 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 you know, talking for five, eight, 10 minutes with people. And, and it's always coming back to the same thing. It's like everybody's shaking their head, the hobby, where are we going? Where's it going? Like, are, are we at the bottom? Are we, are we going to drop more? Are, 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 are we going to start to come up Is is it just that time of year? Um, and one of the things like I like to do is just go back and look at last year. Right. Go see what was going on last year and what was going on the year before. So the year before last year, if you remember, we were doing shows and the hobby was just killing it. That's when we first started doing shows. Then last year, I started looking at some episodes just talking about the same conversations a year ago, having this, you know, looking back at my episodes and, and having these same conversations with people like, where, where are we going with the hobby? Where are we? Are we at the bottom? You know, the cards, what has come down in the cards? And, and it seems like, 
you know, right now it's been like a year over year pattern that the the hobby seems the values, the, you know, we call it a market correction, but it looks like it's, you know, year over year, it's done the same thing from last year and this year. Now it's dropped a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, what I want to say is too, and, and all great points on your part, Ken, what I want to say is that we learned a lot from the pandemic and then moving forward through the pandemic over the last couple of years. I think when the pandemic was here and everything was exploding, um, base cards were extremely popular, especially a PSA 10. If you had a base card, PSA 10, especially if it was like a rookie year base card, that card was going to be in high demand. It was going to be an all-time high. I mean, everything was an all-time high. But what I'm seeing, especially over the last year or so, and, and I know for a lot of people, this has really been the way that they've always collected or the way that they've always bought and sold. But I think one thing that's really been hammered home recently is if you want to move a card, if you want to move a card, for, well, first of all, everyone is still priced super high, right? You go to shows and it's yeah. like, you know, people are priced at like 150% of comps. And I feel like this is a thing. I feel like it's getting old talking about. And like I've talked about over the last couple of years, for me, if I want to get the best deal when buying a card, it has to be on auction or it has to be through a flipper because a flipper typically gets their cards low and then they're looking to only make a little bit of margin, but really just keep an inventory coming in and out. Right. And I, I know that you had talked about on your last episode, how when you were walking the floor and you would see guys that are like asking, they're at 150% of the comp, right? So they're, they're literally like 50% higher or sometimes even double what the last comps are and they're like, Hey, I'm underwater on my cards. You know, I'm underwater. So this is my asking price. Um, you need to have some pretty unique cards. I think if you want to be able to move in and out and have cards that people want, I think just your basic cards that have high pop counts, unless it's an iconic rookie, people don't want that stuff anymore. It needs to be something rare. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to be prepared to sell, right? So if I've learned nothing else with the hobby and the stock market and everything else, like when, when these prices come down on these cards, I mean, you, you need to follow suit with the, with the, because you're going to end up being stuck with these cards. And I talked about this on countless episodes, you know, saying, Oh, you know, it makes no sense for me to sell that card because I would be taking a loss on it. But then the longer I hold on to some of those cards, the, the bigger the loss becomes. Right. So at some point, if if like for me, if I'm going to be a dealer out there, I can't have a case full of stuff and say I'm at 150 percent because what am I selling? I'm not selling anything. Right. So if I'm going to unless I'm saying a particular card, like I just love this card and I want to keep it, then keep it. I'll put it, put it keep it here at home. I'll put it up on the wall. But I, I can't see going to a show and putting it in my case at, you know, twice the that twice, you know, pricing it twice as high. And then just tell people well, I'm underwater because who is going to buy that card? I mean, who is going to walk up to me and say, oh, man, I I'm so happy to see that card there. And look, I'm, I'm going to get you out from underwater. I'm going to pay twice as much for that card just from you. Nobody's going to do it. So if if I'm in the market to be selling cards, I need to follow suit and I need to stick closely to what people are paying for cards and move the cards. If you know. It, it, 
you take a chance, right? You're taking a chance with everything we buy. And if, especially for me, if I'm going to be putting it in my case, I'm taking a chance. I have to make an educated decision on it. And I make good decisions. I make bad decisions. But at the end of the day, they should all even out, right? Uh, some cards I made a great decisions on and I made a decent amount of money. And other cards I made terrible decisions on and I've lost some money. But hopefully at the end of the day, it's going to even out. But I just can't see putting cards in my case for twice as much and expect people to buy them. Yeah. And it brings me back. Think about um, this past weekend, right? You and I are texting as we're daily texting. So I text you on Saturday and I said, listen, I don't know if you're going after anything for auction that's going off tonight, but this is what I'm going after. I sent you a picture of the two cards I was going after. One of them was the 1979 OPG. Wayne Gretzky on card auto graded as authentic. And the other one was a 1990 hoops, Michael Jordan, the all-star card of him taking a jump shot, but it was on card in-person auto as well. So both those cards were on card in-person autos Sunday morning. Those prices were very low. And that's when I had sent them to you. And I'm like, these are the cards I'm going after. So I'm hoping they go decently low and lo and behold, they you know, their auction went off and they both, you know, the Gretzky went for over 4k and the Jordan went for over 3k. And I'm like, ah, cause Sunday morning, like I kind of got my hopes up Sunday morning. The Gretzky was only at like 1100 and the Jordan was at like 600. And I'm like, maybe I can grab both of these. Um, but they far and wide exceeded what I thought that they were going to go for. So what that tells me is I know exactly what the pop count on those are. The OPG, in total, all grades on the OPG, the pop count, I believe, was like 170, I want to say, maybe 170. And on the Jordan, in all grades, it was only a pop three for PSA. So when I say that there are still certain cards out there that are demanding high prices, I mean, it's those rare and scarce types of cards. Mm -hmm. And I can remember going back to conversations that you and I would have and you were having on your show last year. And you're like, you know what? Like the reason, part of the reason why I think I want to move away from these quarterbacks is because if I have a Justin Herbert, um, Optic Hollow PSA 10. Chances are there's five other ones in the room in cases, and people are going to come up to my case, even if the, even if they're a buyer and, and they want that card, they're going to ask me a price. They're not going to pull the trigger on it because they know they're going to see it in other cases. Mm -hmm. So that's why for me, I've really always kind of tried to stick with the goats and cards that are a bit more rare than others. And I know based on conversations you and I have had, you've talked about like, do I want to move away from prospecting? Do I want to go and really start going down that lane of, of the goats? So has the market currently right now and how we're in a bit of a lull as we always are this time of year has that shifted your thinking into thinking like i think i want to start picking up more goats yeah i and i think the play right now and i i i talked to at least three or four listeners over the weekend and asking me like what do you think what you know what is your next move what do you think you're going to do and and I, I i told all of them i i think the move right now is retired goats 
you know, to go out the 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 Jordan, the 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 Brady's, the Gretzky's, things like that. These are the cards I think are safe, safe buys. Um, and the pricing, I mean, you're talking about the price is still up, but I've seen a lot of these prices coming down on these cards. I've looked at a number of the Brady Bowman Chromes. Now I had quite a story on one that um, I ended up selling at the national last year. And, and now I'm thinking, okay, I'm past all that. Maybe I'll go out and buy another one. Right. But these are cards. Like I'm not going to buy these cards to put in my case to sell at shows. If I'm buying these cards, I'm going to buy them to hold them. Cause I just think, you know, if the market is good and I can get into a card, I'm not, if, if the market drops a little bit more, I'm not going to be crazy about it. Right. I'm not going to be like, Oh, this card is down and I have to put it in my case and take a loss. No, these are cards I'd like to buy and just hold on to because I, I just think it's a much safer market. Now I know you do a lot of vintage and I, I, I don't do vintage. Right. So this is me saying, okay, create, you know, Where's my lane going to be? What lane am I going to jump into here? I don't want to go out and learn a whole new lane right now. I, I know enough about the lane that I'm in that I can make some some really, you know, educated decisions and and you know make some good deals and put some good cards on my wall here in the office. Yeah, yeah, and so just going with that notion, right? Talking about the Brady 2000 Brady Bowman Chrome rookie, right? That's 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 distance itself i think in terms of football cards as being one of the most iconic rookie cards and one of the most iconic football cards mm -hmm. of all time so talking about that as of right now 2023 right thanksgiving is a couple weeks away as of right now november 2023 the last comp on a brady bowman chrome PSA 10. The last comp was $7,500. So one just sold two days ago for $7,500. Okay. And to give that some context, the all time high, the all time high for that card is 24,500. So 24,500. And if I'm and and that was within the last two years, within the last two years, that was a 24, five card. Okay. Now, in the last two years, if I'm looking at the all-time low price, one actually sold for $6,600. So what that tells me is that that card right now, it's only $900. Two days ago, sold for $7,500. That means it's only $900 away from being at a two-year low right now. So my question, though, is I'm going to throw this in there too, right? Does it have... Is it going to fall even more? Because the pop count on that is eleven fifty-five. You're looking at twelve hundred of these that exist. So it's not rare. It's not scarce. I think it's just about being able to find one for your price point. And no one knows. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Nat Turner. I don't care if you're Ken Golden. I don't care if you're the card ladder guys. No one knows when the bottom is going to be. Yeah. No one knows when is going to be the right time to buy, right? So for me, if I'm like, if I have it in my head that I'm trying to get into a PSA 10 of this card, I need to look at a price point that I feel comfortable with and that I feel confident with, right? I need to have a little bit of comfortability, a little bit of confidence. And what is even a better, what would really convince me to probably would really tickle me where I itch in terms of pulling the trigger would be. How's that for a visual? Tickle yeah. me where I itch. Um, 
what would really trigger me to probably uh you know make a move on it would be if someone else had one and they were willing to let me trade up into it for me that would make sense so if the last comp was 7500 and someone came to me and said hey i have one um i'll let you trade up into it at an 8k value 8000 that's something i might consider mm -hmm. so i'm curious like with knowing that that card right now is at a two-year low or near a two-year low but it has a pop count of almost 1200 where is your mind at regarding that card? Because I know that card has always kind of been in your head. Yeah. So first of all, it would be 100% a private sale. I, I wouldn't be trying to buy that on auction or online or anything like that. It would, you know, in, an in-person, a card show, something like that. So somewhere I can touch and feel that card and talk to the owner, talk to the, the holder of that. And yes, 100% what you're saying right now would be a home run. Let me trade up. Let me give you. I, that's okay. I'll go 8K cash. Let me trade up into i'll give you you know these cards or this card and some cash i would trade up into it but i i, I may i you know i it's possible i would would pull an all cash deal on that but now i would want a deal right i would say i would want to be a little bit below that because i'm coming in all cash to buy a card like that um and i think that's where the deal is going to be and i know it at 1200 you know, 1200 is still pretty low for a pot. I know it's not a pop three or a pop 10 or a 25, but still 1200 on such an iconic card is still pretty low to the point where it would put you, put you in a, in another category, you know, owning that card and being able to find that card. I mean, I'm sure at a bigger show, like a, a like a Dallas show or, you know, the mid Midwest monster, something like that. I, you know what? I shouldn't even say that because that's, that card could show up at any show it could show up at my local Enfield show or, or Plainville show, something like that. But I think at a larger show like that, there's probably a good opportunity if you're, if you're cash heavy that you could get an even better deal on that card right now because nobody knows i mean uh three months from now that card could be at 5k or 5500 and we could be buying into it at a much higher value so we have no idea but yeah i mean i think though those are the cards that's where the play is right now so for you, it sounds like you're thinking, okay, I, I think I want to get into more goats. But here's the thing. This is what I'll say. When people start getting into the cards of the goats, it becomes, you're not selling, you're not moving these cards based on hype, right? Nope. So, so if you were to pick up, a Tom Brady Bowman Chrome PSA 10 at 7,500. Say you were to pick that up at 7,500, then what's your play? Is it to hold it? Is it to flip oh, it? What's your play? No, 100%. Lock it up. Bring okay, it so so you're holding that. So basically yeah. what you're saying is you're, you're taking about 8K in cash and inventory out of your inventory. Yeah. That's a big hit. And I'll tell you one thing. When I started doing that a couple of years ago, that's really what took me – I ended up kind of taking myself out of setting up at shows regularly anymore because oh, you, I really – You spent a little bit more than 8K. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I did. I did. But, but when you start parking your money in cards that you're going to lock up, that changes things a bit. Now, there are flippers and dealers out there 
who only deal in goats, but what they do, but and, and they're still able to constantly bring inventory in and out, right? So there's a way to do that without taking yourself out of the game, right? Like I think the way to do that would be to find someone that maybe has a Brady Bowman Chrome PSA 10, right? And maybe offer them 7K cash. Then from there, you make it available to other people that want to trade up to you and might let you, and then they'll trade up to you for 8K combination of cash and trade. Then you make a thousand off of that, Mm -hmm. right? So there's ways to do it, but I think in order to make money moving goats in and out of your inventory, you have to be cash heavy. You need to always have cash on hand. That way you can strike that deal to buy that goat card, cash under comps. Yeah. I, I, I hear what you're saying a hundred percent. And in a, in a good market that, that I, I think that works beautifully. I think in a market that we're in right now, what do I accept in trade? Right. So, so when I hear I'm sitting on this iconic card, I go out and we're making up numbers. Now I'm buying it for seven K I drop it in my case for AK and somebody says, Hey, you know, will you, you know, can I trade into this card? Sure. You know, we'll trade into it. What do you have to trade? Now I have to be very selective because now I'm giving away this iconic, you know, card, the cards I'm bringing in, they have to come in at the right price. They have to be cards that I really believe are liquid that I know I can move immediately. And a lot of times, you know, you've been at the shows. A lot of times people don't show up with those cards. People show up with cards that they're trying to trade out of that have good value, but other people just don't want. So that turns into a whole other, you're you're hundred percent right, but it just kind of turns into a whole other situation. And then I say to myself, would I rather just enjoy that card for a little while sitting on my wall? Or do I want to, I mean, there may come a time where I'll say, look, I want to put this card back into play because I want to free up money for something else. I mean, that, that could happen too. But I think at this point on a card like that, I think I would hold it for a little while. I, I, I don't think I, 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 I don't want to say as an investment, right? But there's always those chances and opportunity that card could go up. There's a more of a chance that that card could go down. So I, if I'm going to be putting out that money, I have to put it out knowing that I want to enjoy that card, that I'm not going to get it and immediately put it in my case and try to let people trade up you know, in, in, into that card. So I have to believe, I have to believe, I have to really believe at that, you know, at 7K or that I'm really going to enjoy that card and, and put it somewhere and say, yeah, look at that. That's my card. Right. And not automatically think I want to buy this card because I immediately want to flip it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and I'm going to give you a little bit more food for thought here, okay, as if we're not already rattling our brains enough when it comes to goats, right? Um, so I'm thinking about iconic rookie cards, right? We talked about a 2000 Bowman Chrome, Tom Brady PSA 10. Now there's another one. This is a basketball card of another goat. This is a 1996 Topps Chrome Kobe Bryant PSA 10. Mm. Right. The all-time high on this card at one point was 44K. So the all-time high in the Brady was 24K. The all-time high on this Kobe, 44K. What do you think the last 
sale was on that card right now? Uh, 12K. 4,600. Woo! 4,600. So that tells me that that card is, what, down 90%? Yeah. 90% from and, its all-time high? That's, uh, I, I'm going to ask you, why do you think that is? Why do you think that the, well, the, the Kobe card has come down even further than... Well, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely... Um, I mean, there's a couple reasons. Uh, there's a couple things that I think you can't... That, like, are probably good reasons as to why it's down. Um, a, Kobe when Kobe Bryant died, his cards definitely spiked, right? Yep. His cards definitely spiked. Now, I would imagine that had something to do with it a little bit. Um, also that year and, and those kind of years in between right there, um, the Chrome cards were, were fairly new. So that there's, there's some greening that happens when they've seen some sunlight, like there's some kind of greening, they call it hulking, you know, like yeah. the incredible Hulk. Um, so there might be some greening on some of them, but that wouldn't, that wouldn't be reason for, for it to come down that far. Right. But let me say this. Okay. The pop report. There's a good number of these out there, but guess what? Not as many as the Brady. So the Brady, we said the pop count was 1150. The pop count on these are 836, 836. Wow. So there's a lot of them out there. So that scares me. Even with that Brady Bowman Chrome, that scares me. There's so many of them out there. There's so many PSA tens out there. And all it takes is one person, right? To say, I just need to be out of this card. I need quick cash and just kills the comp on, on, well, definitely, but he, here's what I would say. So you're right. All it takes is one person to completely skew comps and current comps in the comp chart, right? But this Kobe card in the last three months, there's been 15 sales of a PSA 10. And guess what? The high only went for 6,600. Wow. So even though we're talking about 4,400 or 4,600 being the last sold price, um, the high was only 6,600. Mm. So it's uh, so in the case of these Kobe cards, it wasn't one person being desperate and selling. So I think when you come, when it comes to these iconic rookie cards that are PSA tens and they have a high pop count of like up near a thousand or even more, mm. you cannot be surprised. Yeah, when they come down to earth like that, because when it comes to the Jordan rookie, the Jordan PSA 10, right? We're, we're talking about the 1986 Fleer, Michael Jordan, PSA 10. When it comes to the PSA 10 of that, there's only 322 of them. Mm. So there's five, nearly five times. No, yeah. I don't want to say that. There's about four times, maybe a, a slightly less, right? Mm -hmm. Three and a half to four times as many of the Brady Bowman Chrome. Yeah. And there's almost three X, the Kobe Bryant's. So, so this Jordan. So, so if I'm listening to you, I'm almost hearing you say like, if you're going to make that play and I don't want to pick your card for you, but if we're looking at pop counts, the Jordan may be a better play because it's a little bit more scarce because the oh, pop yeah. count is lower I mean, than, than the others. The Jordan's definitely a better play, but you're not going to be able to get it cheap because right the the last sale of a PSA 10, so there's 322 of them. The last sale of a PSA 10 sold for 187,000. Yeah. 187. So that and the, and the, listen, that's it's an iconic card, the Jordan card's probably the most 
iconic and famous card of all time right next to the 1952 tops mickey mantle but still what that tells me is that when i'm looking at pop counts in the triple not and i don't mean low triples i mean high triples or even yeah. in the fours listen i'm gonna stay away i'm gonna yeah. stay away from getting any big cards so what's, again, what's the pop count on the nine and the you know what on what, the jordan the jordan so what I would say is this, you have to take a PSA nine pop count with a grain of salt because you figure how many of them have been cracked out and resubmitted to try to get a 10. Yeah. So I would imagine you could probably shave 25% mm. of the pop count. That's just me making a figure up, but yeah, yeah, yeah. the pop sure. count on a PSA nine is 3000. <laughs> okay. 3000. So I would imagine there's probably only... 2200 psa nines in existence yeah. that are still in the case that's if i was guessing yeah um but and the thing is for a psa nine last sold 15k yeah so yeah, you know still, the the psa 10 is 12 x yeah 12x mm. so there's i think it's safe to say that there's definitely more stability when it comes to the goats but that don't necessarily mean all goats are created equal. Kobe is right up there with Jordan in terms of his legacy, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. But when you see that the PSA 10 tops Chrome rookie of Kobe was once selling for 44, now it's selling for four. That scares the crap out of me. That tells me that not all goats are created equal when it comes to um when it comes to sports cards. Yeah. So you have to take into account pop counts. You have to take into account if what you're buying is a numbered card. And here's the thing. Not all numbered cards are created equal. I've, I've taken prism select. I've taken them to task. I have hammered Panini for being the serial numbered junk era. Right at a 299, at a 249, at a 199, at a 149, at a 99, at a 50, at a 75. At a, so, all those numbered cards to me really don't mean much. Right. When it comes to numbered cards in the, in the Panini era, anyways, to me, I think clearly the top two numbered are going to be the golds out of 10 or the black finite one of ones. And, yeah. the, and there's variations too, but like, you know, those are definitely those two right there. Yeah. So we've talked, we've talked a little bit about me and my thoughts and, and my play right now. I just want to flip it back on you. I mean, what are you thinking right now, you know, as far as you and what your play is and what you're looking for and what you're thinking with the market, the way it is, you know, I got to be honest. I think the two examples that I gave um, of the cards I was looking at this weekend are really good examples. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're vintage or or you know like 90s junk wax mm -hmm. but they are they're and there's but they're still iconic cards and they're made extremely rare and scarce based on something mm -hmm. and that something is the on-card auto the on-card in-person auto you know sometimes here's the thing the reason why that jordan psa 10 is so expensive and the comps are so high and why those still are are up near two hundred thousand dollars is because 
the PSA 10, the grade makes it rare and scarce. The grade for there to only be a little bit over 300 of them, that card is very rare, very scarce. Or no, I shouldn't say very scarce because it's they're out there, but they're rare to an extent. So for me, when I saw that, you know, because I did my due diligence that morning, because as you know, I already own a 79 Gretzky on-card rookie auto tops. I own the tops one, and it's in the PSA slab authentic. Um, but when I saw OPG, same exact card, but OPG on card auto, I was like, oh, I would love to pair those two together. I love this card. There's just about 100 that exist of each. The t- OPG has a slightly high pop count on everything, on all grades, plus on even the on card auto. I think OPG, the pop count was like 170, 175 for the rookie on card auto, and the tops was like 125 or like 100. So I was, I was researching all the pop counts Sunday morning. I'm like, okay, I want to make sure this is the right card yeah Um, and then that jordan on card auto only three in all grades Mm -hmm. and when i say pop counts on on those opg and the tops that i own i mean across all grades across all grades because when it comes to those if i if i were to take my tops I could play, and this is why on one of my last episodes, I did um, Don't Trust the Pop Reports because I have my 79 Tops Gretzky rookie auto. It's just graded authentic. But if I wanted to, I could grade the, I could get, send it back in, grade the card and the auto. It would probably come back like a PSA three card grade, maybe nine auto. That would likely be a pop one mm-hmm. or maybe a pop two. Yeah. So I could be like, oh, I have a pop two Gretzky on card auto, but it's like, no, when it comes to this rare and this scarce of, of a type of car, like a Gretzky, I look at all grades. So when I was just saying to you about the Jordan being a pop three, the Jordan 1990 hoops, all-star card on card auto. And when it comes to that OPG, I'm going across all grades because that's what I want to look at. And that's why I say, do not trust the pop reports because mm-hmm. You can skew the pop reports or your listing title. Like if you're listing a card on eBay, you can make it be whatever you want it to be at the end of the day. If you have something that's somewhat rare. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So, so yeah, I know you, you're, you're, uh, we're getting ready to wrap up. You're doing a show this weekend. Oh the, man. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah. Cousins, man. Uh, gonna meet up at the cousins in New Jersey. Listen, it's going to be four sevenths of the Wolfpack. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be uh, myself, uh, Tony, and Oz. Shout out the cousins. Uh, they're going to be setting up with me. So we're going to be sharing some table space. Uh, Craig, New York City Sports Cards, is going to be in the building. I'm going to try to talk to Laz and see if uh, I can get who Craig is setting up with Craig setting up with a friend. I'm going to try to get them set up like right next to us so that the wolf pack can be in full force. Kind of like what we did at that last, last show when Tony came up from Philly and, and we got Craig set up right behind us. Remember? So we were all kind of right there in the same area as it was. And Dave was there too, I think. Right. So, um, that's the plan. The plan is to try to get all of us set up right in the same area right there. So we can just hang out all day, but I'm going to be going there. I'm going to be bringing a lot of stuff. Um, not a ton of high end stuff, but I have a ton of low and mid end stuff. You know, I have a ton of everybody's putting in their cases these days. So, well, yeah, 
And the thing is, too, like when it comes to like money and cash wise, I think that's the stuff you talk about. Know the show. Uh, Big Ken from Sports Card Lessons always talks about know the show. And for me, I think that's the stuff that's going to be moving. If I'm looking to sell stuff, it's going to be low end, which is 500 or less. So I'm bringing a ton of low end stuff. I'm bringing a bunch of type one photos. So I'm going to have a case that has just my type one photos in it. Then I'm going to have a case that has just low end. Then I'm going to have a case that has just the heavy hitters. So I'm looking forward to setting up Secaucus, New Jersey. Uh, I'm, I'll definitely be posting about it on my Instagram, on my Twitter, all that good stuff, but um, at on Instagram at Laz NYC. So L A Z N Y C. He's the one that's putting it on Secaucus, New Jersey, looking forward to setting up. Hopefully um, I'm sure I'll be seeing a lot of listeners as always. And, yep. you know, yep. just having a good time enjoying it being out there and, and feeling, getting that buzz, feeling that buzz. I can't wait. I know it's been, it's been a while since I've set up, but I won't be there. And I won't be. I know, uh, man. I That's won't a be, bummer. That's I a know, bummer. I won't You're be setting up, but I'll be walking. I'm going to be in North Carolina. I'm going to be uh, um, Saturday morning. I'm going to walk the uh, the fairgrounds uh, card show, card and collectible show in Raleigh. So if you're down in that area, down in North Carolina, you're going to be at that show. Hit me up. Let me know if you're set up. I'll see you. If you're just going to be at the show, look for me. I'll be there. First thing, Saturday morning, doors open, 9 a.m. I'm going to be there for a few hours Saturday morning because I have to catch a flight in the afternoon back to uh, Connecticut. So uh, I'm definitely going to miss the last show and hanging out with you guys in the Wolfpack. But, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, 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 there's a December show. So maybe we can, uh, we can uh, run it back in December. I'll, I'll be at that December show. We'll run it back in December and try to get everybody back there again. Definitely. Without a doubt, man. Listen, Ken, it's been uh, a pleasure as always collaborating with you. Look forward to continuing to do these collab episodes. Um, I have my round tables that are going to be coming up very soon. I'm kind of get putting the finishing touching touches on all those. And I know you had mentioned you're going to be putting together a couple round tables that you have yep. in mind. So yep. definitely some great content that's going to be coming up and hopefully this content can get everyone through the holidays. I hope everyone has safe holidays and, and has a great Thanksgiving, great Christmas, all that stuff. Uh, you know, it's, it's all about family. And, and like, like, you know, I always try to say on the show, anytime the holidays have come around because I'm coming up on three years of doing the podcast, I think March or April is going to be three years, but I want to say, do not overextend yourself for the holidays with family. Don't overextend yourself with cards. Obviously, that's something you know. I always try to say. Now it feels like a really good time to buy, but if you don't have it, you don't have it. Yeah, you know, there's always going to be more cards. Yep. So, um, but yeah, enjoy the holidays. Don't put any more pressure on you than yourself than you have to. Right, Absolutely. family first. And, uh, you know, this is, it's, it's, it's a hobby at the end of the day, it's a hobby, even if it's a business, like it is for most people, it, it's still a hobby and, and you need to enjoy it and find a way to enjoy it. Yep. No yeah. additional pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. All right, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. Ken, thanks for, uh, another collab episode guys. Don't forget, take care of yourselves and your collection and be good to yourselves and everyone around you. Take care, Rob. <laughs> <laughs>